You are now listening to the Nick State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. And before we jump into it, uh, this is going to be a quick hitter episode. We're going to focus on uh, Trey Young. He's, he was in the headlines for the Knicks this week, working out with the team, uh, talked to some of the media members after the workout, and we're going to get into that in just a second. But something that we did last year at this time, we, we, we actually did it a little bit more about the playoffs in general and then kind of previewed the finals. Obviously, the finals as well uh, already started already up to game four tonight. Uh, is where we're at with the finals, and we, we haven't discussed it. So really quick, spend the first few minutes kind of giving our thoughts about the finals, and then we'll jump into Trey Young, and that that's the direction of the show that um, we will have today. So Chip, Golden State currently up 3-0 right now. Do you just want this series to be over? Do you think it ends tonight? I think it does end tonight. Yeah. I think Golden State sweeps them uh, in Game Four, uh, and yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be nice for the series to just be over, so then we can fully shift our attention to what's LeBron going to do with next season, because we're already doing it right now, right? And down three zero, but uh, yeah, I think the series is obviously over. No one's beating Golden State down 3-0. No one's beating anyone down 3-0, particularly one of the greatest teams ever. Right. But the uh, this just showed that, look, Houston had the shot to beat the so-called unbeatable team, and I think that was a team that was uh, built to beat the Warriors. Yeah. And I think if they had Chris Paul healthy... They had two shots to do it, six and seven. I think they would have done it if they had Chris Paul healthy. But they're one team in the entire league. I think they're literally the only team in the entire league that could have done it. I think every other team in the league, the Warriors are just in a different class from them. Exactly. You know, and Cleveland is part of that. And that's how good this team is, that even when you have LeBron James – the Warriors are so good that it doesn't matter. They will decim- just destroy you. And by the way, Kevin Love has played pretty good too. <laughs> so, I mean, he hasn't shot the three very well, but you know, he's averaging like 20 and 12, I think. Yeah. 21 points, 12 rebounds. Right. Kevin Love is. So that's, that's, that's definitely one thing that a lot of people, point out that the help's not there, but you're right on that. Kevin Love is playing well, so. Yeah, well, no one else is playing well, Right. So that's what people mean, yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, if one thing, Chip, one major issue that I've had with LeBron so far in this series, 
and I just want to see if you agree with me because so far everything you have said, I mean, it's, it's spot on. That's, you know, on my show in the morning, everything you have said, I have said at some point uh, throughout this playoffs and, and in this finals. Um, but game three, I went on a rant, one of my, my rants. I, ha- I had one the other day, and I 20 minutes on this because I was furious. But, wow. oh, yeah, I, I was I was heated. LeBron is my favorite player. Uh, just, I was just going to say, that's your guy, too. I, I know I know that the basic LeBron fans are blinded and think that he can do no wrong. I try to keep it as real as I possibly can. And I can't defend LeBron here. Game three, Kevin Durant was just lighting it up. Curry was awful. Klay Thompson was awful. The Cavaliers were in a pretty good position to to take that game. But yet, LeBron James never took on the challenge uh, challenge of trying to stop Kevin Durant. They kept switching, putting George Hill on Kevin Durant. Have you heard the term mouse in the house? Like, that's just... That's like nobody covering Kevin Durant. He's going to make that shot all game long. LeBron James, to me, was very disappointed. Not his offense and not his overall performance. But you let Kevin Durant come to your house, your arena, and steal the show. I can't believe... I, I kept. I was tweeting LeBron during the game. Just, are you, are you going to cover him at some point? Are you? I mean, can you stop putting George Hill on him? Can you please cover him? Because if Kevin Durant is making those shots over LeBron James, well, you say Kevin Durant's Durant's hand and say congratulations, you were better on this day. But we never saw that. We never saw LeBron James say, you know what, I'm going to try to slow him down. Never took on the challenge. That was highly disappointing for me. And it it just infuriated me. Would you agree with that? Did you feel like LeBron should have covered Durant? at some point in that game? Well, two things on that. That's like the modern NBA with all the switching. I mean, the Houston Golden State series, they were switching so fast you couldn't even – you had whiplash watching all the switching they were doing on pick and rolls and stuff. I mean, James Harden would have players set screens just so he could get a different defender switched on to him. I mean, it's crazy all the switching they do. But you know what? That's the defensive style that these teams want to run. And um, But as far as uh, LeBron should be guarding Durant, uh, I think there's this uh, idea out there that if LeBron, that we've had for a while, that if LeBron switches on to a guy, he'll just completely lock him down, no question. Because, you know, against Toronto, he does that against Kyle Lowry. But... This is Kevin Durant. Uh, if LeBron goes on to Kevin Durant, that's not a guarantee. Right. That's the best That's the best score in the NBA. One of the best scorers of all time. Seven-foot elite shooter. He's, I don't want to say, the most well-rounded scorer of all time, but he's one of the most well-rounded scorers of all time. He can do anything on the offensive end. And he's, he's passing the ball really well in this game, too, in this game, in this series. But, look, they, 
I'm not saying that LeBron is afraid to guard Kevin Durant because he's not afraid to do anything. He's LeBron James. But the idea that you could switch LeBron onto Kevin Durant and all of a sudden he's just not going to keep scoring, I'm not buying that. But to your point, though, I think if you put LeBron on him, maybe it slows Kevin Durant down. But maybe the Cavs don't feel it's worth it because that has to – LeBron exerts energy, and he does so much on the offensive end. Maybe they don't want him to do it. I mean, he's playing 47 minutes a game or something like that. Yeah. Like 46 minutes a game. He never comes out. But, look, Kevin Durant just massacred them, and they didn't do anything different. So, I mean, I I would have tried doing what you said, but it's easy for us to say, like – Let's be honest. We both know Ty Lue can't make that call. LeBron James <laughs> needs to raise his hand and say, I'll guard Durant. Right, so. right. And, and that's the thing. That's a good point, Chip, that there are people that will say, LeBron covers Durant. He'll shut him down. That is not, that's not exactly what I felt would happen. But what I'm saying is if Durant's going to light everybody up, I can handle it better if it's LeBron covering him. You beat our best guy. But when you're allowing Durant to continue to beat George Hill or beat Jeff Green or beat J.R. Smith, I mean, you got to try something. Maybe LeBron doesn't shut him down. You know, Durant is a great scorer, as you pointed out. So I'm not saying that LeBron does cover him and shuts him down, but I want my best on him, especially in the fourth quarter, to see if, if my best guy can get some stops. And if he can't, well, then you just got to – Tip your hat to Kevin Durant because he got it done. I, I just, I, I was, I feel like LeBron checked out of Cleveland and he's ready to just walk out and leave. Not that he's not wow. playing hard. Not that he, he's not, he doesn't care. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I think in the back of LeBron James' mind, he knows there's nothing that he can do to beat this team. He knows he can't beat the Warriors. It's in the back of his mind. And yes, he's still playing well. And yes, still looks pretty good. You know, those numbers speak for themselves. I just think in the back of his mind, there's that there's that doubt that, no, I'm, I'm not going to be able to beat this team. And I think because of that, in a way, he's checked out. I think he's ready to move Yeah, on. I think he checked out after game one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just, gosh, Chip, I, I swear. That's exactly what I said this week. It's, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Every, <laughs> it really is funny that because <laughs> that's exactly what I – and almost everything you have said – <laughs> it's stuff that I've said, so it's it's pretty funny laughing about it because, in all seriousness, this is exactly what I said all week. It's just nice to hear somebody agree with me. You know, some people um, this week have tried to argue against me this week about some of the things I've said, and it's just nice to hear somebody agree and, and see <laughs> it the right way. Just saying. So a very good take and and. Um, that's exactly what I felt too. Like game one was, I scored 51 points and did almost had a triple double. He might've had a triple double. If he didn't, it was very close with 51 points. They still lost, you know, okay. It it looked like game one, LeBron came out like, Oh, I have a serious shot of winning. And then when he lost that game, I played a perfect game and still lost. I can't win. So I bet I agree with you there. Uh, but Chip, we're going to transition now going into the Knicks headline. Uh, and this week, the big news out of the Knicks 
organization. You know, obviously the draft process is happening as the Knicks are starting to work out players, interview them, all that good stuff. And one of the big names of this draft is Trey Young. He worked out with the Knicks. I talked to the media after, all that good stuff. We have talked about Trey Young a couple of times so far in this offseason. So, you know, trying not to keep the same topics that we have talked about. I want to talk about Trey Young in the terms of his comparison. Excuse me, his player comparison is Stephen Curry. Uh, when you watch Trey Young, Chip, do you see a potential Stephen Curry? And Trey Young, man, that's so it's so hard. I, I I see Steph Curry things that he did at Oklahoma. Like I see where the comparisons came from because you know he took a lot of a lot of difficult pull up threes. But you know we didn't see Steph Curry coming at Davidson. Right. No one thought that was going to happen. I mean, unless Skip Bayless. I mean, that guy knew everything. <laughs> he called Steph Curry, so. But uh, the um, the I un- like you said I understand the comparison because of all the threes that the hard threes that he took and made and the fact that so many of the so much of the college and pro game today is the catch and shoot three and he likes to take the three off the dribble and not many guys do and Steph is a guy who does and how many he took. 10 threes a game this year, you know, (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty crazy amount at 53% of his three point, uh, 53% of his field goal attempts were threes. I mean, that's pretty wild, pretty crazy. And, uh, the, um, just knowing that he was able to take 10 threes a game and still make them at a 36% clip. As right. what, a teenager, I know it's the uh, the college three point line, but he was taking a lot of NBA threes. Right. Watch those videos. Right. So he definitely has the skill. It's just like you know, it's the same stuff they said about Steph. It's like I said, I see the Steph, the Steph stuff. I see it, but. It's Steph Curry. He's one of the greatest players of all time. The greatest shooter of all time. One of the greatest players of all time. A guy who changed basketball forever. So I, I'm not ready to to say he's the next Steph Curry. Um, I understand where the comparisons come from. But I think as a Knicks fan, I'm especially not ready to say he's the next Steph Curry. Right. And as a Knicks fan, it, it makes me nervous drafting him, but it also makes me nervous the thought of passing on him because right. he's so impressive in so many ways. So, I don't know. What are what are your thoughts, Tanner? You know, it kind of makes me think about Stephen Curry in general. We talk about that draft all the time because you can't help but talk about that draft. That draft could have been a, a significant turning point for the Knicks in their franchise history if we were able to get Stephen Curry. That's just the way it played out. And Trey Young, I think, has, as you mentioned, a lot of similarities. And it, it, it just makes you it makes you think, okay, could this guy be another Stephen Curry? 
We missed him before. If we have an opportunity to take him now, can we finally get a guy that we could we, we didn't get 10 years ago, whatever it was, in that draft? At the same time, though, I also look at the way that Oklahoma finished their season and Trey Young finished their season. It wasn't smooth. That's a team that should not even have made the NCAA tournament. But yet, they were put in because Trey Young. That's why they did it. They put Oklahoma in that tournament so that way Trey Young could be in. It was the wrong thing to do. Stephen Curry, if you guys remember when he was back in Davidson, he took him, what, to the Elite Eight? I mean, he was mowing down teams, and it was it was just unbelievable to watch. And I will say that when we saw Trey Young struggle a little bit, yeah, it seemed like he got very frustrated. And he's a young guy. I understand that kind of stuff happens. But that's a little concerning at the same time. You can see that when things weren't going his way, it turned into a whole lot of excuses. And it was, I believe, I want to say it's Reggie Miller, but I don't want to be quoted on this because it could have been another guest. But I'm pretty sure it was Reggie Miller because he's on the Dan Patrick Show weekly. And Dan yeah, Patrick, every, yeah, yeah, I, probably Reggie. I, I'm pretty sure it was Reggie Miller, but I'm not going to say I'm 100 percent sure because if he didn't say this, I don't want anybody coming back and saying no, no, no. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure it was Reggie Miller. Dan Patrick was asking him about Trey Young, and asked him the exact same question as I did to you, Chip, about the comparison that Trey Young gets from um, Stephen Curry. And to me, Reggie Miller said something that I don't know if I necessarily agree with. You know, maybe a couple inches taller, but he said, I think the the difference, there's similarities in their game, and this is kind of like paraphrasing what he said, um, that there's similarities in their game. They both shoot the basketball well, but he said, I just think Stephen Curry was just a little bit bigger. You know, you look at Trey Young and he's smaller. And I look back at a lot of like highlights of Stephen Curry in college. He was he was a skinny little twerp himself. He wasn't a very big yeah. guy that Reggie Miller makes it kind of seem like. You know, Stephen Curry's kind of filled out a little bit. The only thing yeah. I can see is that Stephen Curry is a few inches taller. If that's what he's referring to, I just found that a I little, think he is. little odd. I think yeah. he, he must be taller because Steph hit the weight room hard when he got to the pros. Right. Because I, I look back at him in his Davison jersey, and he, you can see all bones. It, yeah. You know, he was a very slender, you know, a skinny player himself. So I'm guessing it's the size-wise that Curry does have a few more inches, which, you know, okay. And... I just I, I think Trey Young is one of these players that is is one of those risk or, or reward sink or swim type player, and I know everybody says, well, isn't that the case with every prospect? It is in a way, but this this is, seems to be a little bit bigger because I don't see anything in between from Trey Young. You get what I'm saying here, Chip? I don't see... There's some players who have high expectations, and they don't meet those expectations, but they're on a bus. You know, there's some players that kind of sit right there in the middle and are just solid players. There are those kinds of guys that have been drafted with high expectations, 
that have been solid, just never lived up to the hype that people thought they would. I don't think that that's the case with Troy Young. I think Troy Young is either going to be really good or it's going to get really bad. I, you know, you look at his numbers and what he put up in college. I think it was like 30 points a game and 10 assists. Yeah, I, I think he's a heck of a player. But I, I just, my personal feelings with this draft, and, and we've talked about this, Chip, so many times, I just, I don't think we can gamble. I, I, we got to be certain. You can't afford to keep having misses because if you swing and miss in these drafts, your rebuilding process is going to take even longer. And that is my only concern is because I don't, and I know every player, nobody is a 100% guarantee type guy to be a success. But there's some guys you look at and you just feel like this guy's either going to be really good or really bad, and since you just do not know, and if you don't think he's going to be a fit, it just makes it very difficult to kind of pull the trigger and try to get a Trey Young. It's intriguing. I still think that even if Trey Young's available, and like a, a, a Mikel Bridges, I think we need that more. Um, and, and that's what I'm going to ask you, Chip. If a wing player, because that's what the Knicks need, they need a wing player, and we know we don't, necessarily need to take what a position need we we mentioned that me and you have talked about that we're on the same page about that of taking the best available player but if somebody like Mikel Bridges and Trey Young are there when the Knicks are picking or even a Michael Porter Jr. do you take the chance on Trey Young or do you go with that wing player Michael Porter Jr. yeah yeah Michael I think that's Porter a no-brainer Jr. if he's there yep <laughs> yeah that's that's who I want the most. I just don't think he's gonna. I just don't think he wants. Or he doesn't want. He's. I don't think teams are gonna pass him up once we get maybe the so, first. Yeah. Time. You know, he's too good. He's too big of a a prospect to get pass up. I think he hurt his his injury hurt his draft stock where he's not gonna be the number one pick. I just don't see him getting. I don't see him getting past Cleveland. And Cleveland's right before us. So if he does fall, yeah. it's to Cleveland. And if Cleveland, I think Cleveland, him, Cleveland would be stupid not to take him because he, look, obviously, he's not the next LeBron, but he slides into that small forward spot right there if LeBron right. leaves. Right. And if LeBron stays, LeBron can play next to him. But yeah, I don't think he's getting past eight either. But um, I just can't believe he was like the number one or number two prospect in the country. Right. He hurts his back, and now he's not even a top five pick. I mean, look. You got that look. I think Mo Bamba's as impressive as anybody, but right. with his, everybody thought uh, the kid Hashim to beat coming out of yes, UConn, that's, a dominant yes, defender. Yes, I mean, if you think just because a guy blocked a lot of shots in college and shows a little bit of a jump shot doesn't mean he should be a top five pick. I mean, right. be nervous. Always be nervous about taking a big guy with no offensive game. You're right. I mean, You're right. He, as much as I like Mo Bamba. Right, if Michael Porter Jr. is available, I'm taking him. Yeah. Oh yeah, you best believe mm-hmm. that. And so let's just say, let's say Michael Porter Jr. is off the board. It's between Young and Mikel Bridges. Then are you still looking at that wing player, or or do you think it would make sense to to give Trey Young a chance? That's the toughest decision. Right. That's the one I've gone. I'm going to write a a piece on that. Bridges or Young? Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that's. 
if I'm the Knicks, that's the toughest call for me because Bridges and Young are probably the two likely ones that'll be there. Or Young might not be there, but I think he will end up being there because I think teams are going to be scared off by the idea of him being a bust. Um, God, it's I've been on the Mikel Bridges thing for so long, and I'm so high on him and how efficient he was in college. And I just think, look, there's no such thing as a sure thing in the NBA draft. We always say that. We've said this on the show a million times. But Mikel Bridges, Mikel Bridges isn't going to be a star, but we know he's going to be good. We know he's going to shoot the three well, and we know he's going to defend. And Trey Young, he he's could end up being a star, but the chances are greater, in my opinion, that he ends up being a bust. Right. And if I'm the Knicks, I'm not sure I want to take a home run swing if I'm Scott Perry on my first tryout. But I, but hey, I look. We're gonna look. We're gonna find out a lot about Scott Perry with this draft pick, right? To see who he goes with, and. David Fisdale seems like the kind of guy who would like Mikel Bridges. I'll say that. But uh, I would go with Mikel Bridges. Yeah. And but we'll see. This is not like last year. I, I I felt like, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., right? That was a guy I knew that was going to be there and still to this day think the Knicks should have took him. Michael <laughs> Porter Jr., as we're talking about, I don't think he's going to be there. But that's the guy that I'd be screaming my head off if we didn't take and he was there. Oh, God, if we I don't mean, take him. I would, I, would, I would lose my mind. But, Can you imagine if we don't take him and, like, we take, like, Colin Sexton or Kevin Knox or something? I'm done. I, I, would, I, would, so... dis, I would disown the, the Knicks. We would change this podcast to Nick Bash <laughs> and we'll just talk crap, which we kind of do already. But we will, we will say nothing positive on the Knicks. On our podcast, if that was the case. Nothing I would, at all. I would refuse to besmirch Scott Perry. Right. I would blame it all on Steve <laughs> we, we would just have a hate mail. And uh, I guess, well, I guess it's not hate mail because it's not mail. But you know what I mean. We'll, we'll just we'll just trash the Knicks if that happens. Uh, so if it's that option that I shared in the end with Trey Young and Bridges, I'm going to be honest, either way, I wouldn't be upset if they took Trey Young and left Bridges. It wouldn't it wouldn't devastate me like last year's draft did. But me personally, I agree with you. I would go with uh, Bridges over Trey Young myself. Trey Young's intriguing, and, and there's a lot of potential there. It's just I don't know if you're going to take a chance on somebody. I think in that case, I think Mikel Bridges fits our. Uh, you know, fits the Knicks' need and is an appropriate guy to take in that point of the draft as well. So I would slightly give the nod over to Bridges. And I know a lot of Knicks fans love him and are always talking about him. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but with that being said, we are going to wrap up this um, quick-hitting episode that actually turned out to be a full-length episode. Uh, we're at yeah. actually around 20... Seven seconds, over 27 seconds right now, so that works out. I mean, sometimes these work out better, Ship. We get a topic, Mm -hmm. and it's one that we can just focus on and not have to, like, cut short and then maybe pick it up on another show 
this is why sometimes we do these things because we know that it's going to be the main focus and it makes just more sense just to have it all in one segment so that way we're not breaking it apart um, just feature the whole show on it so that's what we did today um, you know in upcoming weeks you know it's the off season got to have those entertainment uh, type segments last year we did Nick ultimate team uh, Chip and I have have been working on some ideas on uh, some fun segments to do in the off season so those are going to be coming up um, in the next few weeks or so as well as you know and I forgot to mention this last month but Chip we've been around for a year yeah we've I know been, it's been a, it's been Jeez. over a year since we've been doing this podcast and had a lot of success so far, a lot of great feedback from, um, you know, some loyal listeners, you know, our social media pages are growing. Um, so that's very cool to see. And, you know, it's hopefully we can continue to, uh, grow and, you know, more listeners tune in and, uh, we continue to get that interaction. It's been great. So I just wanted to take a second to mention that as well, but We are going to wrap it up, and we will be back next week for another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast.